Okay, what what kind of set me off is uh, this story about a guy named Brandon Jackson. And it, it set me down a, a rabbit hole of the horror that is going to be the capitalist landscape we live in. He's a software engineer, and his whole house is rigged up to Alexa, uh, Siri, Amazon, all these services. So he can lock his doors, he turns on his heat, he can control his lights, everything you can do. And being a software engineer, being someone who's interested in this, he's gone way further than the average person would go. Then Amazon decided to just block him out of all his services. And so now his devices don't work, which means he can't change the heat in his house. He can't open and close his door. He can't turn on and turn off the lights because everything's been rigged up to be a smart home. What he realizes in that moment is he doesn't actually own any of the things, any of the services he's paid for. He doesn't actually own any of them. Uh, The reason this happened was that an Amazon driver came to his house, claimed he was racist, and then left. And the claim from the driver was enough for Amazon to react and say, okay, well, if this is a racist person, we don't agree with that philosophically. We're going to shut off all his services. Now, of note is that Brandon Jackson is a black man. And that's not to say he can't be racist, but it is honestly less likely in this situation. But really the proof is he wasn't present during the event. So he has an automatic doorbell. Everything's automated. So when the delivery driver rang the doorbell, the doorbell responded. Now, it wasn't programmed to say anything racist, but we actually have seen AI and chat and stuff go racist real quick. So that's actually maybe a question that could be asked. But his point was, if you bought something, you should own it. So he's paid for these devices. He's paid for these services, but Amazon in their terms and services has made it so that they have control over it. They can take it away from you whenever they want. Anything that is connected to the cloud, you do not own. Alexa's terms of service says that Amazon can terminate access without notice. So basically for any reason Amazon wants, they can shut off your Alexa. Now, I don't use smart devices in my house very much. And people were like being accusatory towards them. Like, well, this is what happens if you rely on the cloud for everything. It can be taken away from you. But he's living in the future. Like, it, that's, it's not really right to, to say he sort of got what he deserved when all he did was employ all the tools available to him as effectively as possible. The thing that bugged me was it's Amazon deciding your fate. So Jackson had to hand over a video to prove his innocence that he wasn't being racist to this delivery driver. The issue right there is that Amazon is not a judiciary. It's not the police. It's not an authority. It's a company. Should you have to prove your innocence to a company to maintain the service that you've paid for? And this goes also to right to repair. So there's a lot of companies are fighting this right now. Apple, John Deere are at the forefront. Uh, there's an interesting note about Scientology that will come up in a minute. But Amazon, Amazon sells you a lot of products, but they don't have control over those products, let's say. But Amazon has cracked down on right to repair video channels and removed their affiliate status. Apple, quite famously, has forced obsolescence. They've been, it's been proven that they slowed down their older phones, that they've messed up the battery so they don't last as long. They've done this stuff on purpose to make sure that people will buy a new phone where 
you know, if I pay $1,000 for a phone and I want to use it for the next decade, that should be my choice as the owner of the phone. If it breaks, I should be able to repair it. That's sort of a philosophical divide between most people and Apple. Apple wants you to spend more money with Apple. That's why almost every problem with an Apple device can't be repaired and it's cheaper to buy a new one. Since we're shitting on Amazon, I actually have another note. Um, they had a algorithm and they called it Nessie which I don't know if that's cute or not. Nessie would automatically raise the prices of certain products, maybe products sold at other competing companies, so like Target. And if Target then raised their prices in response to Amazon raising their prices, Nessie would leave those alone. But if Target did not respond, did not raise their prices to match Amazon's, then Nessie would put the price back where it was before because there would be no competitive value. But it was a way to artificially inflate the prices of things to see where the upper limit was to be able to see how much you can squeeze out of every purchase made. If Nessie was let loose on the entirety of Amazon, you know you would be paying the maximum price possible. It actually would make more sense to not shop at Amazon because you know they're charging you the maximum Whereas maybe you can get a better deal elsewhere, but Nessie was checking those other websites to try to get you to try to get the price, you know, at its upper limit without losing a competitive advantage. It was stopped in 2019 and was under investigation. But you have actually agreed that this is okay if you sign their terms and services. So if you join Amazon, you automatically agree to their terms and services, and them using Nessie on you is perfectly acceptable. The FTC is calling Amazon an illegal monopoly at the moment. But I have a self-published book on there called The Not Very Scary Monster. So you should buy that book and then never use Amazon again. You should actually probably buy multiple copies in case you destroy one of the original ones. The Not Very Scary Monster by Peter Martin, art by Christine Hall. The other big players in this are Apple and John Deere. Now, John Deere is always a surprise because you think of people who create farm equipment as, you know, farmer-friendly operators, they understand the necessity for the farmer. They understand how hard a farmer has to live. They didn't want farmers going in and fixing their own tractors. They wanted that extra money of you having to bring it in to a dealership and have like an official dealer fix it and nobody else touch the insides. They only want trained techs to repair their own machines. The bit I found interesting about this, this is the same line that the Church of Scientology has taken when talking about e-meters. The electro-psychometer is like this joystick thing. You hold two hands uh, and it shoots electricity through it. It's supposed to check your thetans, basically to see how clear you are. And if you're very clear, I guess you're a happier person. If you're not very clear, well, you have to do more Scientology stuff. I don't know enough about the, the, the rituals of Scientology. I did, I did read uh, the Dianetics book when I was in high school. I did do one of their personality tests when I was drunk once. Uh, I did not join. They actually took the wrong tack with me, which I found very interesting. Uh, I said I wanted to be an author, and then the, the, the guy who was doing the interview with me says, oh, you know, L. Ron Hubbard published hundreds of books. But my first thought was, like, a really, really good author publishes about 10 in their lifetime because they spend years working on a book before it comes out. So you saying that he published hundreds and hundreds of books, my first thought was, are any of them any good? And I had seen that movie Battlefield Earth, so I was pretty sure they were not very good. The license, if you buy an e-meter, 
the license agreement is void if it's opened. Software updates, so it does you know connect to the internet. You have to log into a website, so you have to be a member of the Church of Scientology to even like update the software on your e-meter to make sure that you're uh, getting max value for your thetans. But it's going into everything is now a paid service, and these companies are trying really hard to just squeeze every bit of money out of you. We're now in a new age of paid social media. So this started with Elon Musk wanted company. Uh, Elon Musk wanted certain countries, and it's eventually everybody, but he's testing the waters to pay a small fee to use Twitter. Now that doesn't mean you can. Uh, that's not your eight dollar blue check mark. The eight dollar a month blue check mark. That was to get your premium account. The base one would be a dollar to use Twitter. Now, I personally don't engage in Twitter. Engage in Twitter. I don't engage with Twitter very often. I don't really like it as a platform, so I don't use it very much. So I'm not very likely to play. I probably just dump that platform. And you would think everyone would just feel the exact same way. The problem is, what have you grown up with? I grew up in an age where video games did not have downloadable content and they didn't have microtransactions. So when those were introduced, I was horrified. I was like, no one's ever going to pay for this. Uh, And then it was, oh, well, we're only going to do cosmetics. We're going to charge you for cosmetics. You can make things look cool. The first cosmetic um, I ever bought was in Ace Combat and it made my airplane pink with an anime girl on it. And then the smoke from my missiles was also pink. So I really enjoyed the idea of my pink plane flying around with all these other people who are dead serious and, you know, just a pink plume of smoke going through the air as I shot down other airplanes. So I bought that was cause it was funny, but that was, it's a slippery slope. And now kids have grown up where, DLC is just a normal part of a video game experience. You have to buy the complete edition and they have about six or seven different editions, each with more stuff in it for more money. The base price now is $60, $70 and the premium editions are $100, $120, $140. So they're almost double. And are you getting that much content? Again, it's up to you, the user, to decide if it's valuable to you. I am still staunchly against paying for DLC if I can. I try to not pay for anything extra. I'll buy your base game. And if I like that, I might buy more, but it's very unlikely because I'm opposed to it. And I feel the same way about subscription services. A lot of my friends are on the PlayStation subscription service. They keep telling me about how many games they're playing on it and how I should do it too. And my feeling is I don't want to pay for a service where I don't own the content and therefore they can take the content away from me. This has actually already happened to me once. The first version of Destiny... I bought it, played it, I had a really good time, and then a later version came out, and if you didn't upgrade to the later version, you couldn't play the base version. And that's when I basically didn't, like I almost basically refused to play Destiny ever again, and it was something I was looking out for. I don't want to get involved in a subscription service in the video game landscape. So they're saying that like, essentially I'm out of date and old fashioned, which is probably true. But basically, I'm saying if I purchase something, I want to own that thing. And then if I was capable and that thing broke, I'd want to be able to fix it. So this is, I'm going so far as to saying like my computer program breaks. I buy a video game and the code breaks. If I could fix it, I should be allowed to. But this is where modifications come in. Is that okay? Uh, We're getting a bit beyond my scope of knowledge. But I honestly think if I buy a car or a John Deere tractor and I'm able to fix it myself, I should be able to fix it. I this, Now I'm thinking about printers. They basically have subscription ink now. 
and you have to buy from their company and all the printers now, if you put in a different kind of ink, will refuse to print, which seems unfair. But I was actually talking about uh, social media and paid social media. So I think it's the Philippines and one other country. Elon Musk is already running an experiment to see if people are willing to pay $1 to use Twitter. Now, Twitter has gotten significantly worse since Elon Musk took over, but people are willing to pay for it. Your first thought, of course, is everyone will quit. But then people didn't quit when we introduced microtransactions. People didn't quit when they played DLC, when they introduced paid DLC. Meta in Europe wants to charge $17 a month for an ad-free experience. So they're going to have different tiers. This includes Instagram and Facebook. Um, This means they will have a tiered experience. So the base tier is going to be garbage. It's going to have full of ads. So you'll have like an article, 10 ads, an article, uh, like article, you know, a a post from one of your friends. Uh, I, I mean, basically the post from your friends, you can't even find them anymore anyways. And then they'll have tiers, just like Netflix does, and all these other services. And I, I honestly, I'm not a massive fan of Netflix or all these other streaming services because now there are so many, I can't afford to get all the ones so that I can see the things I want to see, which has led me to a certain lifestyle choice, which I'm not actually a big fan of, but I'm doing it because I can only afford to pay for so many services at a time because I'm a normal person with a normal salary. TikTok is experimenting with $4.99 a month. It's interesting to see where these companies are valuing their own experience to see uh, how much people are willing to pay to get, I assume, a premium version of this service. Twitter or X wants $8 a month for your blue check mark. Fewer ads, but not no ads at all. YouTube already has $14 a month for an ad-free version. Snapchat is working on a $4 a month and you get custom features. So you can see what they're doing is saying, let's have these extra things available, but if you actually want to use them, you have to pay for them. This is the mobile game version of teasing you. So like, hey, you're playing this game. You have to stop every two minutes to watch a video to be able to continue the game. If you pay money, we'll stop that. Oh, hey, if you pay a little more money, you'll get a more premium experience with more you know, options or things like that. That is what these social media companies are doing right now. It used to be said that if it's free, you are the product, but now you literally have to pay to be the product they want. I'm thinking this is going to lead to some kind of pushback. And that's going to happen, I think, because the last example I have is the pushback I would expect to see. Uh, It's a live commercial. So there was a Weezer concert, and I actually didn't think about this as an even possibility. That shows where I am. Weezer put on a concert, and two-thirds, so so like 60% through the set, the singer stops and he, he says, I like to read, but I don't have time to read anymore. I have really busy life because, you know, I'm the front man of Weezer. Uh, and then he starts talking about how much he loves audible.com because he's able to listen to books while he does other things because he's such a big Weezer busybody. Uh, then they sang a song about audible.com. So you have this crowd of people, Weezer fans, I assume because they're fans, they all lost their minds about how great this audible.com song was. But if you really think 
they paid to go to a concert where they got a live commercial sung at them. Maybe it was a really good commercial. Maybe it was a really good song. I actually was trying to find a clip of the song. I wasn't able to do it because maybe it's only done in live concerts to try to keep the secret because people like me would be relatively disgusted. I honestly would never go to a Weezer concert now. I'm that kind of person who, if I know you're going to sing an ad to me, you're going to have this fake testimonial about how much you love audible.com and then you, you've written a song I assume they got paid to write the song you've written the song and now you perform this audible.com song to me I would be really grossed out by that and I don't want to go to your concert anymore so people are rocking out to this commercial which is not sort of the rock and roll rebel lifestyle that I think Weezer was trying to encapsulate when they became a band. And I'm pretty sure when they were young men and wanted to become rock and roll gods, they weren't thinking, wouldn't it be awesome if we sold out so much that we wrote a song for a large company and that sang that song to people and charged them money to watch us sing that song. So they're getting paid twice though. They're getting paid for the concert and then audible.com had to have paid for that song as well. I wonder if they actually got paid in a third way because maybe they got paid to write the song, got paid a third way to put it into their concert. Which one would be the most expensive? Like which one would you get the most money for? I think putting it in your concert because that is essentially selling your musical soul is is probably where I would demand the most money to give that part of my life up. So these subscription services and all these sort of paid services and just how companies are trying to squeeze so much money out of us now, I'm seeing that there's going to be a point where there's a pushback. I have several predictions about the internet itself. I think we're going to end up with a secondary internet. It's not going to be like the dark net. It's not going to be evil or anything. It's going to be like the original internet where people go there for free stuff. So you pay for this internet, you pay for the other internet, the current internet where you get Meta and TikTok and all these other things. Those are going to get bundled just like cable packages used to. And so you're going to join, a, you're going to join your internet company, uh, whatever that might be. I'm in Japan, so let's say it's NTT. And they're going to say, do you, what subscription services do you want included in your monthly package? Do you want TikTok? Do you want Facebook? Do you want X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it? And I'm going to say I want none of that And then I'm going to find a secondary service. And that secondary service is going to be the internet that I knew when I was a young man, where it was like weird individuals uh, posting stuff online, websites and stuff like that. And that's maybe nostalgia. But also, I know those people aren't being paid to make it in an insincere way. That's not like I don't want to monetize. So like I'm not against money. But there's a limit to how far services can go before they're just taking too much from you. And when you take Weezer's soul away from them so that they can so that they so that then they have to sing about audible.com, I think maybe at that point we've gone too far.